The Broncos Blitz Podcast with Ronnie K. Presented by Tap 14. Analysis and commentary to help you get your Broncos fixed during the offseason. Subscribe on iTunes or Google Play. Or listen on demand anytime in the Mile High Sports mobile app. Welcome to the Broncos Blitz Podcast. My name is Ronnie Court. You can follow me on Twitter at Ronnie K Radio at R-O-N-N-I-E, the letter K Radio on Twitter. And today on the podcast, we've got some interesting topics. Who is to blame? We're, we're going to play a little bit of that blame game today. The coach, the player, or the GM for certain players. I'm going to name off some players. And my good friend, Sean Drotar, who joins me on the podcast today, is going to tell me it's either the coach's problem, the player's problem, or the GM's problem of why this individual is struggling. And, of course, Sean, you can hear him 7 to 9 on Mile High Sports Radio, AM 1340, FM 1047s on mornings at 5280, and in the uh, Blake Street Irregulars podcast, uh, of course, the Mile High Sports Rockies podcast that uh, is done weekly here at Mile High Sports. Sean, welcome back to the podcast. Thank, thank you. And the, uh, the Rockies podcast got just a little more depressing. Now. Yes. Well, it's still a very interesting offseason. It was though. a good season. If you were told most yes. Rockies fans they'd get that far, they probably would have been pretty excited. Absolutely. Maybe as long as you didn't tell them how it was going to go hey, when they got hope- there. But blah, 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 Broncos. The, if we if the Rock if the Broncos can go as far as the Rockies <laughs> did, that would be absolutely tremendous because it's not looking that way. That's true. And of course, it's presented by Tap 14, 1920 Blake Street, just a hop, skip, and a jump away from Coors Field. 70 Colorado beers on tap, 100 Colorado distilled spirits, Chef Andrea Varela, and that locally sourced rotating seasonally fair that's my chef's kiss the burgers the nachos and the candied bacon wash it down with one of those 70 colorado beers on tap just uh, go check it out strongly encourage it saturday sunday brunch heated port uh, heated patio it's just tremendous go check it out at uh, tap 14 on the web spell out the word 14 for me tap 14.com sean let's play a game all right i'm gonna give you a player you tell me if that player and their struggles is associated to A, the coach, B, the GM, or C, the player himself. Are you ready, Sean? Yes. All right. Before Behind door number one is a player who may well has been up and down this year. But I think many would wonder why this player is not playing all-worldly. Okay. And that is Von Miller. Oh. The Broncos' arguably best player. On the team, no, it's not. It's not. It's not even arguable. Well, it's not even arguable. It's clearly, yes, their best correct. player. Yeah, uh, Von Miller has been fairly silent lately, as of uh, you know the the most recent couple games. Of course, he started out very strong, collecting uh, four sacks in the first two games, but then the last three games against the Chiefs, Jets, and Ravens, a combined uh, eight tackles, no sacks. Who is to blame for Von Miller's struggles? The Coaching staff is to blame for Von Miller's mm. struggles because uh, with with a little bit of GM sprinkled in, but it is the coaching staff because what we have seen with the uh, the coaching staff here is this team has gone completely all in on the edge rushers. When they went and drafted uh, Bradley Chubb and they moved him to linebacker away from the defensive line position he played for a lot of his time in college, you've basically now set yourself in a spot where you have rotating roles of guys. You have Miller and Chubb, then you have Shaq Barrett and Ray, and you have sacrificed some of your strength up the middle. You have sacrificed your uh, strength in the backfield from various reasons. And you've watched, I think what happened is when the the Broncos played the Ravens, John Harbaugh kind of broke the Broncos defense. What What he understood is that if everything that the Broncos are doing, they are all in on the edge rush. So power runs up the middle and very, very quick, 
uh, dump off dink and dunk passes. If you do that in, say, fewer than two and a half seconds, you're going to short circuit the the Broncos pass rush, no matter how good it is, and, and including Von Miller first and foremost. So the inability to sort of creatively adjust to something else instead of the one type of defense they run, which is send Von Miller and whoever's on the other side after the quarterback, the, the lack of ability to modify that has been the problem because that was uh, that was a while ago. That was a few weeks back here, and they do not look like a team that understands what to do when somebody else has basically figured out their defense. It almost and an inferior team like the Jets. It it feels very you. it feels very glass cannony with this Denver yeah. Broncos defense because it's you know when it works it looks good and it's amazing and it's very effective but one little chink in the armor one little modification and all of a sudden and i will say this maybe a uh, blame may be too harsh to say because i do think defenses now or, or, or i should say offenses playing against the defense are really scheming it around making sure that von miller is not the guy that disrupts them. yeah they're but willing to gamble on someone else doing it but yes. not von but I, that's a, that's a good way of putting it you know i liken it to a, a poker game where you go in and put your chips in on an, on a straight that's open on both ends, right? You have like the, the king, sure. king, king, queen, jack, ten, and you're thinking, all right, I got an eight. Uh, if I get an ace or a nine, I'm going to win this big pot. Problem is if you get like a six, that guy with the pair of threes just beat you. Yes. And and those, that's the Jets. Yeah. <laughs> the Jets Pocket have, threes just yeah, beat you up, The, the Jets just <laughs> hit you up. So <laughs> that's, uh, that's the problem, and that's basically what the Broncos are in right now. They, they have one style of defense. We've heard the complaints uh, in the offseason from Aqib Tlaib about uh, Joe Wood's defense. We heard them in season now from Chris Harris Jr. We've even heard them more than hinted at strongly by Derek Wolf. And so uh, to my mind, I look at Von Miller's struggles and I believe that it is more due to the fact that the coaching has not put him in a position where he can succeed because they simply have one predictable way to play. All righty. It's the Broncos Blitz podcast, of course, presented by Tap 14 and our friends at Pro Football Focus. Our friends at Pro Football Focus, they got a lot of great stuff over there. Uh, pod 20, Pod 20 for 20% off your subscription to Pro Football Focus. And I tell you what, they got a lot of great stuff over there. Deep analytics. And if you're a, a fantasy guy, well, uh, they got a lot of great fantasy statistics, whether start this guy, start that guy, all kinds of great stuff. And, uh, well, I should say, um, you know, a lot of statistics we use here at uh, the Broncos Blitz podcast. So pod 20, that's pod 20 for 20% off your subscription to pro football focus. Uh, one of those guys that uh, we have been honing on and you mentioned the secondary, uh, 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 I, I should say the era past to keep to uh, that essentially moves everybody up a slot. And that means Bradley Roby is your number two corner. Right. He obviously had a very, very poor game against the Jets. So I ask you, coaching staff, player, or GM, who is to blame for Bradley Roby's struggles? I'm going to put that one on the player. There are 22 players that have taken a snap for the Broncos on defense. Uh, and we'll look at those pro football focus stats you mentioned right now. Out of those 22 players, the overall defensive rating, Bradley Roby is 22nd. Ooh. That's not good no tackling also 22nd so uh this is a problem when it even comes to the the cover which you know, ostensibly is the main thing he's supposed to do right he's 14th out of 22 uh just ahead of Shaq barrett so that's not where you you hope bradley roby was going to be I, I think he is being left on an island here and there a little bit i understand that 
But at the same time, when I look at Roby's game, I look at a guy that sometimes can have phenomenal plays, which we've seen him do in the season. He's looked really good at times. And when I see a guy that has really good plays and then other plays where you wonder what he's doing, to me, I generally attribute that to a lack of focus. The the Maybe it's the youth. Maybe it's that he's never been in this role as a starter before. The understanding that you simply can't just take one play off or go half speed. You have to absolutely focus on what you're doing on every single play. And I'm not sure we're seeing that out of Bradley Roby. And in his position, it, it's not a eight-yard gain when you're not reading it. It's sure. a 77-yard touchdown. Yeah, and and looking at the pro football focus numbers again, our uh, Broncos Blitz podcast presented by Pro Football Focus Pod 20 for 20% off your su- your subscription in the dime package in the base defense. Bradley Roby's 50.8 Pro Football Focus rating is the lowest among all individual players, period, across the board for this Denver Broncos defense. And look, I... I I hate to be I told you so guy, um, but this is of no surprise to me. And I do also put this on the player because I, I just don't know if Bradley Roby has grown uh, like other corners we've seen grow here in in uh, in, in Denver. And, and I just don't know how much skill and talent he had. He feels very much one trick pony-esque. Um, and, and you just can't be that in today's NFL as a number one or two corner, because of course in this passing league, I mean, really we're looking towards a league maybe in five years where you can't be that as a number three corner just because there's so much passing. And so I put this one on the player as well. Yeah. It's been bad for Bradley Roby. He's got to get it fixed because look, Tremaine Brock and Pac-Man Jones have had injury problems too. You're really talking about just rookie Isaac Yadam. And, and the funny thing is I don't really think Isaac Yadam is all that bad. In fact, if you want to look at the pro football focus numbers, He's eighth. He's only behind Chris Harris Jr. among cornerbacks. I, I think that's also due to some limited snaps compared to the rest of the other guys. But you are talking about a mid-round rookie, and to ask him to basically step in into the third quarter cornerback role or even potentially the second at times, I think you're just asking too much of the player. It's too much. Bradley Roby absolutely has to be better than he's been. Uh, he knows he's going to be out on an island from time to time, and he's got to be ready for it every snap. It's the Broncos Blitz Podcast. Of course, you can find it at milehighsports.com. Sean Drotar of Mornings at 5280. You can find him on air 7 to 9 on the morning show on Mile High Sports Radio, AM 1340, FM 1047, Monday through Friday. And, of course, our daily Broncos Blitz Podcast can also be found on the new Mile High Sports mobile app. Down that, the, Download that. That's free for Android and Apple. And, of course, not only can you listen to the Broncos Blitz Podcast, but you can read Broncos coverage uh, from not only yourself, Sean, but our great writers, TJ McBride, Rich Kurtzman, Zach Seegers, uh, Justin Michaels, myself, all kinds of great stuff over there at Mile High Sports. I was like, don't, show, don't shortchange yourself out there, B. You know, be nice to yourself. Uh, one guy who I wrote about a lot coming into the season that I am just, I am befuddled of why this guy is not even getting an opportunity. He has been inactive for every game this year, and that is Demarcus Walker. And uh, I, I'm going to change the uh, the game here a little bit. Um, why hasn't Demarcus Walker seen the field yet? Is it because of the GM? Is it because of the player? Or is it because of the coaching staff? I will say that's because of the GM, because I think, quite frankly, the Broncos misread the kind of player he was coming out of Florida State. Mm. He's, this is a guy that got big sack numbers, and people looked at it and got excited. But you went when you go back and look at the film of when he played, a lot of his sack uh, were secondary sacks. They were pressure sacks. They sure. were not ones where he just blew by a guy a la Von Miller and took him, took him down. 
And, and I think that the Broncos expected something they weren't going to get out of a smallish player. So they looked at his size on top of that, and then they took a guy who was a lineman, and then they put him out to linebacker. Now, the Broncos are doing the same thing with Bradley Chubb. Make of that what you will. But now they want him to go ahead and bulk back up and be back on the line where he belongs. Basically, the problem, I, I'm going to put it on the GM because I think the Broncos picked a tweener. That's not necessarily DeMarcus Walker's fault what size he is. But I think they picked a tweener who is not fast enough to play linebacker, not big enough to sustain at the edge. Uh, none of those things are Walker's fault. But I think it, it falls on the GM because he made a, a second-round selection of a guy that, quite frankly, it was always going to be in question in my mind of whether he was going to be able to play in the league merely because of the physical nature of the game. I'm going to put this. Uh, I'm going to put a slash between coaching staff and GM um, because I, I do agree with you in many of the aspects you were talking about, talking about the tweener position. But more so, uh, I, I think you you completely wasted his rookie year in messing around with a player. And you know, again, this will be another topic for another podcast. But this is kind of what Denver's doing with Bradley Chubb. Yeah. And this is what they also did with Ron Leary. And they saw that these are both disastrous situations, not only with Walker and Leary, but uh, maybe not so much disastrous, but a mistake overall, potentially. Uh, we'll see how it goes. We're only five games into Chubb's career. But going back to Demarcus Walker, this was a guy who was impactful in college. I mean, this was a guy who was the ACC Defensive Player of the Year. And yeah. again, this ACC is no pushover conference. No, no. I mean, this is a very good conference. First team all ACC, of course, won the BCS National Championship uh, on that Seminoles team. Uh, this is a guy who I think was was very much um, needed to be plugged and played into the correct situation. And make of that what you will for a second-round pick, because I think as a second-round pick, you should be able to be versatile, or you shouldn't need that perfect situation. Yeah, they'd like you to be an every-down guy, but yeah. it doesn't always work that But way. at that same token, why did you take him and essentially ruin his first year by moving his positions, making him force him to, to just dump a bunch of weight, and uh, now you're asking him to gain it all back, and he has. He's back to that 282, 283 uh, number, and at 6'4", I mean, this is a guy who is still undersized to play on the line, but I think can be effective and yet still is not seeing the field you know you could say there's multiple reasons for that the depth is quite good on the defensive line I mean certainly you kind of ask the question who he would he replace uh, but also at that same token I think there is a it, it's a shame that we're now what uh, 22 potential 22 23 games into his career and yet we haven't seen him really at I all really do anything yeah because uh, mainly because of decisions by the coaching staff as well as the GM. So that's where I'm going to peg my uh, my blame. It's easy to forget that he's on the team, yeah. which is a bad sign for a second-round pick that was, uh, well, drafted only a year and change ago. Yes. I'm still excited about him. I, I still think he can be very impactful. He was very good in preseason. Uh, this year, he was a guy who was always in the backfield, sack and a half, and, and a guy who was really disrupting things. But again, well, what does it take to get him on the field then? I keep asking that question weekly. <laughs> I keep asking that question weekly. It's the Broncos Blitz podcast. Of course, my name is Ronnie Court. You can follow me on Twitter at Ronnie K Radio, R O N N I E, the letter K Radio on Twitter. Sean, where can they follow you on Twitter? Uh, easy. It's S Drotar, S D R O T A R, or as you mentioned, uh, you can tune in every weekday morning, 7 to 9 a.m. on Mile High Sports or streaming on MileHighSports.com. Yeah, the new mobile app as well, too. Let's flip to the offensive side of the football. And let's start to the uh, let's start with the offensive line before we get to the quarterback. The one guy who has just struggled, uh, it seems like, all year long is Garrett Bowles. 
somebody who is being caught with sloppy footwork, out of position. He tries to recover because of those issues, and he, quite frankly, could lead the league. Lead the Denver Broncos in tackles. The, the Broncos like had 16 penalties the on, the, on the offense this year. 16 yeah. offensive penalties. He has five of them. Five. Yes. And uh, he led the league in holding last year. Tied for the league lead in holding with seven. He's on pace to obliterate that. I mean, yeah. he's, he may lead the league in penalties. May lead the league in holding. That's why it's on him. I understand. So you're putting this on the player. Absolutely. I, I understand. I, look, and I, I've joked about this a little bit. I think when they drafted Garrett Bowles, they drafted a pro bowler if they played him at right guard. I, I think that the problem is he's he's a little too big. His footwork is not that But if he's at a position, fast. isn't that a coaching issue? It's the position he's played. They didn't move him in this case. We, sure. We've been actually kind of harping on the Broncos for moving guys around a little bit, making it more difficult. In Garrett Bowles' situation i actually think you might be better moving him somewhere else but you can't afford to because you don't have another left tackle so is it is it arguable that maybe john Elway should have drafted ryan ramchek instead of garrett bowles uh, yeah yeah see i I, and I, I, w- I argued for that but it is what it is the truth is that garrett bowles did not have a bad rookie year i think after the rookie despite the holding penalties all of that after his rookie year i think most people were saying hey you know what there's something here he'll get better and the broncos are at least going to be okay at this spot and he has completely regressed. Uh, it doesn't appear that he's really learned anything from that first year regarding how to backpedal, regarding how to make sure your body weight is adjusted for the guys that are rushing you, whether it's that they're doing a, a power rush or mm-hmm. they're rather trying to swim around you or who knows what. Uh, I, I think that's on the player. I, I don't know if he's put in the work, it, uh, the study work, the film work, to really change the way he plays. It, it appears as if he's kind of doing the same things he was last year. But everybody else has done their film work on him. Sure. And so he's being exposed. And, and that's it's really awful for the Broncos. It's really, really damaging their offense. Yeah, because that offensive line left tackle position, of course, was such a crucial one this year for Denver. I'm going to put this one on half player, half coaching. I'm cheating again here. And I'm oh, that's okay. Look, it's, it, it generally and, is a combination and, of some variety. Yes, and here's why. Uh, Garrett Bowles, uh, watching him, there are a lot of fundamental issues that are – plaguing his play his footwork is atrocious his footwork is awful okay uh his footwork uh you talked about the body weight that also uh, a big problem whether it's shifting and and momentum and that is all stuff that while i think is to be blamed on the player i also wonder why uh, a left tackle uh starting for the denver broncos is not being coached well enough to where these basic fundamentals are at least somewhat looking competent maybe that's the word i'm looking for just being competent yeah i mean i don't again, league average you know, that's, all, that's what I you're looking for i don't need to see somebody who is uh all pro level right away i don't realistically think that although obviously i'll take it but i also look at this and say he doesn't even look like a competent left tackle and it's because of basic fundamentals and i'm wondering if maybe the coaching is just not as strong on that left tackle on that left uh or really the offensive line in general um or more so, is it a combination of that plus Bulls? So I think there's a little bit there. I would probably lean more towards the player um, because I think it is much of a put-in-work type thing, film and studying and all this jazz. But, um, you know, it, it's certainly a big problem that is plaguing the Denver Broncos right now at that left tackle position as it hands off perfectly to our final guy. And that final guy is Case Keenum, the quarterback for the Denver Broncos, who do you pin the most of the blame for Case Keenum's struggles? It is GM, player, or coaching staff? GM. 
To I'm me, in agreement with you. To yep. me, here's what here's what I look at with Case Keenum. This is what I expected Case Keenum to be. I, I thought he'd maybe be a little bit more accurate. I thought the turnovers would be fewer than they are right now. He's thrown an interception every game thus far. And, you know, through seven in all of last year, he he's, looks like he's easily going to blow by that. He might do it this weekend. So that's frustrating. But to me, when you look at Case Keenum's career, he was never that guy that we saw in Minnesota last year. He, he's one of those guys that you, you saw the recent performance and thought, oh, well, that's the, that's the player he is. Well, Case Keenum's already 30. If he had had that year in Minnesota and he was 24, 25, then I can go, okay, you know what? Maybe maybe he's blossoming. Maybe he learned something. But when a guy's already almost 30 years old and has that one year, I look at the team around him, I look at the competition, and I think, all right, this guy faced a, a favorable schedule as the Vikings turned it around. He had a very good core of receivers. He had good running backs. He had a lot of weapons. And yes, I know people look at that and say, well, the Broncos have that. What's the difference? Well, the Broncos defense is nowhere near what Minnesota's defense was. So Minnesota, where they were playing with the lead, the Broncos are playing from behind. And and I said on the radio show, as soon as they signed Case Keenum, he is more likely to be the guy you've seen everywhere else but Minnesota than the guy in Minnesota. But regardless, even the guy in Minnesota was not someone who could make you win games when you were behind. He's not... He's not a drag the team with him to wins kind of quarterback. And so I think that's borne itself out. I look at Case Keenum's performance, and I'm not disappointed in it because that's what I expected. That's what I thought Case Keenum was. I'm not frustrated with the coaching staff because he's performing about where I expected him to. It's the expectations for the team when when the GM, when John Elway signed him and thought, aha, we've solved our quarterback problems. When uh, it appeared to me to be obvious they'd done nothing, but they had just put a band aid uh, on a bullet wound and hoped that it would hold up for the next two seasons. Yeah, cases on on John Elway. This is on the GM, and and I think what you really spoke to is putting a band aid on a bullet wound is, uh, and they know that because they signed him to such a shorter contract, so they knew that he was not going to be a long term guy. I think they expected yeah, even a little if they, bit if more they than thought that. that he was really the guy they saw in Minnesota, you're signing him to more than a yeah, two-year deal. But let, let's just take his season statistics but so he's far. Basically, this year. Ben Trevor Simeon. Yes, to his career statistics, and, and look, his career has. Yeah, spanned. You, you have those. You have those in front of you. Uh, I, I, I can see him on the computer. I'd love to see him. Yeah, because I think he's close to his career line. Very much. I mean, his career spans five years, with only one of them being that one. Um, that that aberration year with the Minnesota Vikings, his com- career completion percentage sixty two point one. This year sixty three. Uh, his career yards per completion is eleven yards. This year eleven yards. It's wow. very much in the same ballpark. Quarterback rating very much in the same ballpark. Obviously, we can't really put the interceptions to touchdowns too much. Uh, you know, no. He had a really good year in Minnesota, and not so far this year. But for sure. certainly, a lot of this is mimicking what you thought you were getting. You, you were going to the store and buying low-grade meat. So you're getting low-grade meat. You get what you pay for, and that's exactly what's happening here with Case Keenum. And this has to be pegged on the GM. Yeah. I, Case Nobody Keenum, else. Uh, like you just read there, Case Keenum has been doing what Case Keenum's done. Yes. So it's really hard to blame him for not being better than what his entire career suggests he is. So that's that's the frustration. But you look at it. And uh, it's five five touchdowns to six interceptions. Is that, that right? To seven. To seven interceptions. So he's already tied last year's total. Well, before joining the Vikings, his career total was 24 touchdowns and 20 picks. So now we're talking about away from the Vikings, 29 touchdowns, 27 picks. This is just kind of who he is. 
And uh, he doesn't push the ball downfield. That's been a, a problem as well. He's not effective passing the ball deep. Then he holds on to the ball too long, too. So a lot of the same problems that you saw with Trevor Simeon exist with Case Keenum. It's just that Trevor Simeon's about $16.5 million cheaper. Yeah, and, and it's a big, big problem. And younger. The, it's a big, big <laughs> problem for the Denver Broncos, and certainly uh, they are going to have to somehow dig out of it at the quarterback position because, look, I I don't look at this and see a situation where they can just go to Chad Kelly and be like, oh, well, here's your solution. Look, Chad Kelly is he's extremely not, he's not raw. The solution he is either. not the solution. Um, but certainly starting Case Keenum doesn't look like it either yet, too. So, um, lots Yeah, of if issues. you were to look at the quarterback and say, who's the quarterback five years down the road, I don't see it as anybody on this it's roster. It's not anybody on the team. Right. No, nope. nope. it may not even be anybody in the NFL right now. But that's another podcast for another time. Uh, so that's uh, those are our five guys. Again, to recap, you know, plenty of blame to go around. <laughs> there's there's plenty of blame to go around. Uh, but I think the theme here is, um, you know, there's a lot of coaching staff GM issues. So maybe a little bit more deeper than just the players, because I think this Broncos team is talented to some extent. I mean, there are there is a lot of talent on paper. It's just it's not being either a utilized correctly or B. It was just not picked right from the start. Yeah, a lot of it. A lot of this roster in spots. When you look at the, the Denver Broncos, you think Von Miller, uh, Chris Harris, Jr., Manuel Sanders, Demarius Thomas. And you go, oh, my God, that's talented offense. That's a good team. Well, part of the problem is the Broncos are top heavy that they do have top-end talent, but they don't have it all the way up and down the roster, and it ends up getting exposed. All righty. Of course, presented by uh, our friends over there at Tap 14, 1920 Blake Street, just a hop, skip, and a jump away from Coors Field. 70 Colorado beers on tap, 100 Colorado distilled spirits. Thanks so much to them, of course, as always, for helping out on the Broncos Blitz podcast and our friends by Pro Football Focus. Of course, we were reading off some of those pro football statistics. Love those guys over there. Pod 20, that's Pod 20 for 20% off your subscription to Pro Football Focus. Sean, again, where can they find you on air and online? Estrotar uh, on Twitter, S-D-R-O-T-A-R, and Mile High Sports Radio, 1340 AM, 104.7 FM locally in the Denver area, milehighsports.com, streaming, and there's even a video on there as well. Yeah. You can look into the studio and find out why we're all on radio. And uh, you have the, the Mile High Sports app, which has all of uh, all of the radio. You can actually catch the live broadcasts, the archive broadcasts, all the things that are written content, uh, everything. It's, it can all just carry it around in your pocket. So easy. I'm easy to find. So you can watch the morning show. Yes. You can watch oh. guys sit at a table in what front of microphones. What do you guys do during breaks? Uh, we argue about things. So you just so you can see a video it's of you pretty, guys it's like pointing pre- fingers at right, each other, right? And, uh, and try not like get a weapon out. Try or? not to read lips during the breaks, oh. and uh, yeah, there's we, intense we, shouting. We do the non FCC compliant discussions during the breaks. Ah, okay, very good. Okay, so we can stay legal when we're on air. There you go. You got to vent somehow. Yeah. A lot of venting to do on that morning show about this Broncos team is, <laughs> is not very good right now. Uh, lots to do to improve as, of course, well, it doesn't get any easier. The L.A. Rams come to Denver. <laughs> Just the best Sunday. team in football. Just the best team in football, yeah, yes. What are you going to do? Uh, of course, it's the Broncos Blitz podcast. Be sure to find the archives at milehighsports.com. That's milehighsports.com. My name is Ronnie Court. You can follow me on Twitter at Ronnie K Radio, at R-O-N-N-I-E, the letter K, radio on Twitter. I thank you so much for tuning in. Of course, our daily Broncos Broncos Blitz podcast. So go online and go check that podcast out because if you missed previous ones, you want to go check them out. There's a lot of discussions with players, coaches, interviews, all that good stuff, debates, discussions at milehighsports.com. Go to check it out, milehighsports.com.